pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Kicking on from the last episode, we're going to go into Moana Pacifica and New Zealand's hot shit players for 2022 Super Rugby Pacific. And then we're going to finish off with dessert, which is, of course, all the coaching changes and how we think it might affect the sides. So please enjoy part two of the new hot shit podcast. Uh, let's let's push on to the other Islander side, the other Pacifica side, Moana Pacifica. Have you got anyone that you should know out of that side? Uh, from this, that you should know. I think the name that probably sticks out most is uh, Arianari. Um, yep. A lot of the Super Rugby fans have known from his time in the Crusaders, uh, but he also racked up 50 games between Canterbury and Hawks Bay as well. So he's been in the system for a long time, but stuck behind Bryn Hall and Mitch Drummond. Um, I'm really excited to see how he goes here, uh, not least of all because he's related to Caleb Clark. Like having him as your cousin is pretty <laughs> handy. Probably um, a few backyard rugby events we come off second best. But he's someone that really looks exciting and had some really, I think, sniping moments that you're kind of looking for in a, a, fantasy, a fantasy perspective via scrum half. So he's got a bit of a battle with um, Jonathan Tomatini for you know minutes, but he's someone that looks unreal. And as one of the early signings for the team, I'm really excited by him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I've, I've got one that jumps out for me, and that's Levi Almoa. Um, built like a, a tight head prop, but is <laughs> is quite a mobile player. Not, not anymore, I hear. So I don't know if you saw an ah, article yeah. that the yep. interview that he released today. He said the thing that stopped him from really achieving his potential at the Blues and the Chiefs was that he had a lot of personal issues with his weight, and he has really struggled to lose weight. He says he's in the best shape he's ever <clears> been, and he thinks the training with the Moana Pacifica and a little bit of time in Japan has helped him really reflect on how he needs to look after his body a little better. So. That's some worrying signs if you're run if you're having to face up against him because even when he wasn't at his absolute fittest, he was a wrecking ball. So yeah, very exciting. They've got a lot of really dominant centers. And and I'm assuming they're just gonna go to their strengths and, and that's what they're gonna build their, their team around, these dominant runners. But he, he yeah, he was playing at Toyota Industries, he's played um, he was at the Blues for a year, he was at the Chiefs, he was at uh, Bordeaux. Most exciting for him, he was playing for Brisbane City for a couple of years. Mm. I don't know if you guys knew that. He left Brisbane City, though. He left. He, we should <laughs> Left Queensland, I can't believe it. <laughs> if it was New South Wales, he would have stayed and been playing for the Wallabies. So, um, But, yeah, he he's just absolutely a wrecking ball. So he's an exciting one to watch, and I'm sure he's going to be getting good time. I know there's a lot of competition there, but he's got to. I've, I've got an exciting player, one more exciting player that you should know. Um, Sakopi Kepu. Never heard of him. He's only 35 years young. Yeah. The way that props are going these years, though, I think he's got another five or so years at Super Rugby hey, level. Giddo's a, uh, a 10 playing at 39. He just signed on a new contract. So Yeah, I reckon Kepu has got another five years ahead of him. Yeah. So that, that's my you should know. <laughs> I won't say any more. I think probably people do know him. He was good at fantasy footy as well. He was. He was very good. Yeah. You might know. Um, we've only got one here, Rev, so I'll let you go. And if you you uh, take it, then I'll pretend I had nothing. <laughs> the might know I put down is um, Sam Slade, and it, it's a bit niche. Um, I guess you'd only know him if you're watching some of the test footy this year because he, he racked up four caps. But I think the reason why he's exciting to me is he's, he's a big body. So he's um, 195 centimetres, 118 kilos, 
absolutely huge. Um, they listed him as a back roll, but he got a few minutes in the um, in the locks as well. So I, I think that adds huge value to a team that doesn't necessarily have standout locks. Um, they'd be going for a few other options. So just to have someone of that caliber come in, um, I expect him to get a fair few minutes, but more importantly, just huge. Um, <laughs> we can't stress enough. If you're big, we love you. So that's... Um, yeah. There's uh, there's no shaming here. We we all heartily endorse Alfie. Um, you know, our, <laughs> the more big kids, the better. So not his um, dad, but not yeah. his dad. Yeah. Not his dad. No, uh, we'll cancel him quickly. But yeah, so Sam Slade, <laughs> chuck him in your much was uh, much, jeez, must watch. Um, because yeah, I, I've loved every bit of him I've seen, and I think yep. we're going to see a lot of him. We um. We haven't decided if we're going to list him at lock or back row either, so I think that's something to keep an eye out on. I, I'm leaning towards back row, but, geez, it would be a bit of fun just to put him in the locks as just a bit of a smoky there and encourage someone to pick him up. But for me on Sam Slade, he's got bleached blonde hair and he's got his own YouTube channel where each year he releases his own highlights package from the year. So he's a big unit. He's a beast. He wants to stand out and he wants you to know he's there as well. So... I just loved that. That that made me so happy when I was looking up highlights and it was all produced by him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as as Kagi said, Pierre Spies-esque. He's just yeah. an absolute unit. Yeah. Um, I will go to, you might know, where we're sitting in this, Lincoln McClutchy. So 22 years old, a lot of MPC experience and, and done really, really well in the last few years. Guided the Magpies to a win in 2020. Then also took them to the top of the table in 2021 before they lost in the finals. Um, they held the runner for a shield for a, a long time when nine, he was... Nine defences. Yep. Yeah, they Which, still hold it. They're still current holders. They, they held it all this year and I think they defended it four, three or four times last year as well, three times last year. Yeah, and if any Inari is playing nine, there's there's a good combo there between the two of them. So he could be an exciting one uh, to fill that 10 jersey. Yeah. Uh, mate, we, uh, we've got one more name here, Rev, but we'll, we'll let you go. Anyone for you might not know? The might not know, I chucked in uh, Sam Molly. Um, so he's, he's one of the hookers, and I think he didn't get as much of the limelight because the other two hookers coming across were from the Blues and... You know, you might have seen them in the um, Super Rugby before, but uh, he, he racked up two test caps this year. He's only 23, but he is really exciting. Um, you know, someone that got a, a few few minutes for Tonga, but he, he just looked good in every game I've seen him in. And his um, 12 appearances for Tasman, you know, I think any player that's in that sort of Tasman, Hawks Bay, uh, even the Taranaki sides, like they just, they, they churn out some quality players. So um, at 114 kilos, that's a pretty hefty little hooker. I'm, I'm keen to see him get some minutes. He was apparently working as a, a chippy or a, a builder or something when he got his call up to go play for Tonga, and that's how he got his exposure to get his full, full-time contract, first full-time contract in Super Rugby. So it's a pretty cool story. I, I, know, I do hope we see more and more from him, but I've got one more player here speaking of the Tasman Marco. Can we just say one of the funnest names to say? Timothy Tavatavanavai. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so very excited to see him. And, and, and as you said, man, anyone that can hold down a spot in the Tasman Marco is going to be a weapon. And he played wing for them all year. Um, Tabatabanawa, I cannot wait to see him play this year. Has a real, He's a real talent and some good YouTube highlights too. Yeah, he's just one of those ones you just want to watch his highlight, the highlight reel. Yeah, and look, we, we said that 
I mean, Rev said, I, I'm very excited by the Aussies as well, but Rev said he was here really just to talk about the Kiwi players. So without further ado, let's talk about the uh, the Kiwi hot chip players, the Blues. Look, I'll, I'll continue to break the mould, but this is, uh, again, another league player. I'm sorry. Another league player, Roger Tuivasa. I love league players. And, no, he's so good. 28 years old. He will be playing inside centre. And on our pod, ha- I think you and Kagi said he won't start. He will be starting game one, and he'll be starting the last game, and he'll start every game in between unless he's injured. He is an absolute freak of nature. Um, played for the New Zealand Warriors from 2016 to 2021. He was the fullback of the year, 2015 and 2018. Lots of rugby union experience. Um, Dally M winner. So the first Kiwi player from the from the actual New Zealand Warriors to do that back in 2018. So he has a lot of skill about him. And I think he's wants to have ball in hand. He wants to be involved. So he's perfect for that 12 channel. Yeah, look, Steve Smith's a very good cricketer, but it doesn't mean he'd be an excellent rugby union player. They're different. So I think, <laughs> mate, I, I love the hype that you put on him there. Mate, he's going to be killing it. He's going to kill it. Taniela Tulea might have something to say about that. And uh, I've I got like another him. name that might get some minutes off him down that you might not know. But uh, that's all I'll say for now. <laughs> Rev, what have you got? Uh, the player should know. Um, I had to chuck in because I'm Kagi's replacement, I had to chuck in his projected top three fantasy pick of Zahn Sullivan. Um, I mean, I I love that he took him in 2021 and he racked up (laughs) 10 points on average. But, I mean, (laughs) Zahn Sullivan, he he boasts something that is unreal. I I didn't realise, but in his seven games, he won every single match he played. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's um, very much a a strong influence for him. Yeah, massive. Um, So, yeah, only 21. Um, but huge. He's over 100 kilos, 193 centimetres. It's insane to think that, you know, with options like um, Stephen Parafetta running around, uh, Bowden Barrett, who can play at fullback as well, <clears throat> that he does seem to have it locked in. It, it yeah. seems insane to think about that he's uh, that young and, you know, already that good. But I, yeah. I'm very interested to see if at 21 years old he does have it locked in because Stephen Parra franchise did top score in the Bunnings NPC by a significant margin. Yeah kicks goals, can do everything. And we know that Bodie Barrett's goal kicking is not his strongest suit as well. So they Perfect. might choose someone that's a little bit more of a reliable goal kicker there as well. Um, Zahn Sullivan, very excited by him. And he's just got that well-rounded game. But, mate, don't ever count out pair of franchise. He's, <laughs> our, he's our boy. I mean, he's let us down and done wonders for don't, us in different parts. Yeah. Don't <laughs> ever talk bad about para-franchise. Yeah. That's he all he let me down when I let, let him go, to be fair. So yeah. it was good for me, but... Um, is there anyone else, Harry, that you've got in this call? No, I, I, let, let's push to you might not know. You might okay. know, sorry. Okay. Um, well, Zan Sullivan was a you might know. For us, yeah, but not for Rev. He had him as he should. Oh, yeah, sorry. So Sam Darry, 21-year-old, lock, 203 centimetres. If you're over two bucks, that's pretty good, 110 kilograms. Um, look, there's a lot of lock changes. They've lost so much experience in, in the last year. So it'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets. He played eight out of the 10 games for the Canterbury NPC team um, in his second season, which was last year, partnering Luke Romano. So it'll be really interesting to see if he gets some good game time there. Um, he might partner Luke Romano at points, but we'll, we'll see how we go. But if he if he's on the field, it could be exciting. 
You know what? I, you know, we did, had this discussion in the New Zealand preview about Luke Marno taking <clears> up the contract with the Blues, and I thought he must be going there because they're saying that he can start. Uh, actually not. Uh, I've got new information that I didn't realise at the time. The yeah. Crusaders didn't offer him a contract. <laughs> they were worried about uh, yeah. their budget. I think they said that there's a four-year budget that they have to come under for Super Rugby, and given the budget that he carried, they basically, Razor basically said it was time that they had to push forward with some young players. The- they couldn't afford to keep him, so... As, as good as he's been, it's not actually because the Blues trumped him. It's because he didn't have a contract. So all I'm saying is that to me that that looks better for Sam Darry than it did before when I thought he was just coming over to hold down a jersey all year. And look, well, let's let's keep in mind that he was a bench player and finishes off games. Yeah, he's a weapon, though. He is a weapon, but that's what he does. That's that role that he's done for so long. So yeah. we might yet see him do the same thing yeah. throughout this year. Rev, your might knows. Yeah, the might know. Um, I chucked in Tane Plumtree. Um, and he only cuts the might know because of the surname. Obviously, got a <laughs> bit of the lineage there. But um, now he's someone that he got uh, one game last year, and he came off the bench and did all right. Uh, really young guy, twenty one. But what excites me? Um, one hundred ninety five centimeters, one hundred eight kilos. So again, we're after that big body. But uh, the NPC, I think he was playing for Wellington. He, he was in the top ten try scorers. Yeah. Um, four or five tries, I think, you know, pretty impressive playing on the flank and getting that. So um, he's someone that, again, it's such a stacked position. I I actually hope he doesn't get any minutes because I want just 80 minutes of um, Hiwani, Papali'i and Satutu all year. But if he does get on, I think he's someone that's quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you might not know. I'm going to go for one of the rookies, uh, the rookie signings for the Blues, Corey Evans, 21 years old, inside centre, he came through the academy, won player of the year for the academy last year. He plays 80 minutes at inside centre for Auckland every year, every week rather, I mean, maybe not every year, every week until they had to pull out of the MPC with the uh, COVID restrictions. <clears throat> but he was around some very good plays in that Auckland side and it really surprised me when you look at the calibre of the back line, the fact that he was just starting week in, week out. So I think he's an extreme talent, apparently a very smart footballer as well. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say as much as he's the reason why two of us, a Sheck might not start because it's obviously very, very, very early. But I'm just saying that two of us, a Sheck won't necessarily have it all his own way. And there is some competition there, mainly from Tanielu Talea. But, mate, Corey Evans, talented young man. I just don't know yet that we can be saying Duvasashek is the convert to basically fix the All Blacks tall jersey when he's never played a game for them. So, But he is. All right, well, then we'll Look, see you round one. Maya, you might not know, Jacob Radamadavuki Neepkins. He is a player that we were calling for him last year and wanting to see him, and he just... Mm. I think he was in the squad, wasn't he, last year? Yeah. Yeah, he was in the squad and we just didn't really get to see him. But he's died. He's, he's bleached his hair now, though. So now he's getting more noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to do that if yeah. you want to crack it. Got a Kieran in, in the All Blacks, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, he's his 20-year-old uh, winger. He was the third top try scorer um, in the Mitre 10 in, in 2020. So back when it was Mitre 10. Um, with eight tries behind Ash Dixon, nine. So we all know they're going to be a metre out, two metres out, driving mm. moors. And Celesi Rayasi, who... 35. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, but look, yeah, no, that's pretty pretty amazing. And he, he's still a relatively bigger body, but he's, he's a bit more of an agile-style winger as well, isn't he? He's not a run-over-you-necessarily winger. Um, but yeah, look, he's, he's one I'm excited for, and hopefully he gets a bit of a crack. They have a lot of... 
outside backs and a lot of exciting players. So, I mean, when you're competing with Mark Talea, Caleb Clark, Bryce Heem, AJ Lamb, Zahn Sullivan, all filling out the back, even Talea, we might not get to see him. But he's a player at the age of 20 with lots of potential and hopefully we get to see him in the field. I'm still confused why he's not playing for the Waratahs, but <laughs> we'll take we'll him. Take we'll start him. him. Yeah. We'll start what, yeah, exactly. I didn't have anyone else to add, but I did want to touch on him because he was my, um, you know, the player you might not know. I like that looking into him last year, he was listed at 89 kilos and this year he's listed at 95. So clearly he's had a decent off season of just, you know, taking that stuff up to super rugby. Um, he's still got sort of the finesse and the the footwork, but just adding that size because obviously Caleb Clark, Bryce Heem, AJ Lamb, you've got some pretty big bodies there. Um, so needs to sort of match that as well. So really excited by him. Yeah, I've got one last one, actually. Um, I thought you'd be on to this one, Rev, honestly. This, this is what I thought it was coming. Anton Signer. Nah. German-born open side flanker. Shaking his head, mate. He's nah, owned the seven jersey. Owns the seven jersey at Tasman Marco, which I thought was a sure thing for you. He's at 20 years old. He's already 192 centimetres, 108 kilos as an open side flanker, which means he's a big unit. You just don't like him because he's German, mate. Yeah, what have the Germans done for me? (laughs) (laughs) This attitude is nicked good, mate. Yeah. Get amongst it. He's wunderbar. (laughs) If if he starts bringing Kransky to games, then I'll I'll get on board. If that's 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 the thing that... Obviously, he's not going to start over Papali'i. And uh, I think Adrian Choate looked pretty good last year when he got game time as well. But, yeah. mate, we're talking about new hot shit, and yeah. Sigma is exactly that. He's got a big future. He's been talked about for about 12 non- months now in the domestic the game. And yeah. uh, I- I'm really excited to see him. Look, I mean, it's, it's, just, a, it's just an exciting story. Uh, a guy born in Germany saying he wants to play for the All Blacks, mm-hmm. getting the shot to come across and play schools and, and played schoolboys for them as well and then now finally getting a Super Rugby contract. So, look, we, we're probably not going to see him this year. We might get to see him get minimal minutes at a, at a stretch, but he, he's someone to watch for the future. I love that he said, you know, if his first goal is to make the All Blacks and if he makes it, then, you know, maybe if he stops making it, he'll look at playing for Germany later. But it really just depends on how their rugby program is going. So, <laughs> as if you wouldn't be like, well, I'm yeah. the, our best player. Like, let's see if we can get us to a World Cup. He's just like, yeah. have you guys sorted out? I'll come back. Yeah. But, He's already too big for Germany's rugby team. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> um, look, we might jump across into the Chiefs, a player you should know. Look, I'll jump into him. It's any Nanai Saturo. I mean, he's a perennial player that's hot shit. You he's been might. on this list forever. <laughs> yeah, he really Since has. Since he's about 14 years old. Yeah, he's, he's 22, so he still scrapes in here, but a seven-star uh, dynamic winger who's just absolutely devastating whenever he gets his hands on the ball. Um, but, yeah, he's been around the fringes for a few years and we're, we're really hoping to see him get some good game time this year moving forward. So it wouldn't surprise us if he got a crack, he locked in himself in that jersey and, and really blew up this competition. Yeah, and obviously he was the bloke, um, as I think Anna's an 18-year-old, four years ago now, yeah. that there was this big contract negotiation to get him out of a contract with the New Zealand Warriors so he could stay in unions. Yeah. He was just so hotly sought after as an 18-year-old schoolboy prodigy winger. So, you know, it's it's time we see something really exceptional from him, I reckon. Um, the, the player that I'd, I'd add to the, you should know, is um, Samisoni Takiaho. Yeah. Partially because it's such a fun name to say, but 
Um, <laughs> realistically, he just had a breakout 2021. Um, his performances for the Chiefs are unreal. He just showed that he can scrummage, but that he's just obviously such a beast in the in the carry. Um, and he took it to the test arena too. So I think he's just going to bring a whole lot to the Chiefs pack. And probably the most exciting thing is, um, it is unfortunate, but Nathan Harris has retired. And I guess previous years we've sort of had them, you know, bracketed as Harris probably being a starter and Takiyahu off the bench. Um, this year he's got, you know, Bradley Slater, who's got, got a few caps under his belt, but, you know, he's, he's, a, good he's another good person. young hooker. He's quite good, but good he's young hooker. Takiyahu. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I just see he's now got a bigger gap between him and the next hooker. So I, I'm keen for his uh, 2022. Uh, look, I think he, he could have a massive, I mean, he had a breakout year last year, but in fantasy wise, he could be very, very high up this table. Yeah. Um, so he's an exciting one for sure. You might know. Um, I'm going to go with, yeah. oh, Lordy, Josh Lord. <laughs> he's just had his birthday. I think first of Jan, 4th of Jan from memory was his birthday. So tw- I'm going to say that every year we talk about him. 22 <laughs> years old because yeah. um, I did say it last year when he was nearly 21. Um, this team, the Chiefs, is stocked with young locking talent. That's Tupo Vai, Lachlan McWannell, Natua Akoi, and now Josh Lord as well. And still out of that group, Vai has been in the All Blacks for a couple of years, but he's leapfrogged Akoi and McWannell to go straight into the All Blacks squad last year, originally as a development player, but then he played against Italy and played 80 minutes. Like they, they've talked up what a prospect he is, but to jump the rest of the cattle, young cattle in that side, he's just another one of those players that could be absolutely anything. And obviously they're looking at their succession plan at the Chiefs, and I think that Lord is probably a big, big part of that. Do you have anyone to, to fit the you might knows, Rev? Yeah, the, the you might know, it, it's such and go because I think he should be everywhere, but he's not the biggest centre in the team. Obviously, the most well-known one um, usurps, but Quinta Paya, he's just someone that everyone should be getting around um, because for years it was just such a battle of him or Nankerville, who do you go, is it 12 or 13? And it was such a lottery. It now seems like a really clear pick of him at 12 and Leonard Brown at 13. Um, Tapaya, he just... Doesn't he look like a weapon? Like every carry just looks so dangerous. He can chop people as well, but um, still only 22 years old um, and finding his feet at super level. Only played the 19 games, but I think just someone that you can look at as having a massive year this season. Yeah, he's he's had some massive weeks huge, as well. Huge fantasy scores. I'm looking at the weeks that he started. He played 60 or more minutes. He scored... A low score of seven in his first game, but then 45, 75, 59, and 44 points. Like he was just breaking tackles at will last year, and he's going to have a yeah. huge year, I reckon. Could be one of the top centers, actually. Yeah, he's snake shoulders. I, he just, there's something about those shoulders. I don't know how he puts the hits on because he's just gone neck to peck, basically. Neck to peck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something, the shoulders are missing, but um, no, he looks like an absolute weapon. And sadly, we think he's, he's really usurping Nankavell as that first choice getting bulk minutes. Uh, another name on the, the sheet here for you might know is Emoni Nara, um, come across from the Blues. We listed their outside backs. He had seven matches for the Blues. Um, he's he was hampered a little bit by injury. He did get a, a few shots uh, for, for the Auckland base side, um, but he's a very exciting speedster, throws an offload, Fijian-born, and, and plays exactly how you'd expect for a, a dynamic Fijian-born player. 
I thought, so he's 22 years old. We were talking him coming through the same time as Jonah Narecki. Yeah. And I remember when that mm-hmm. came at that year, a few years ago, I was more excited about Narawa than I was about Narecki. Obviously, right now, doesn't really stack up exactly like that, but I think it speaks to <clears throat> the prospect that he was and hopefully we get to see some of that talent. I think one of the reasons for that is he's had some pretty injury-hampered seasons as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. In that 2019 season for the MPC, he was a breakout player and he was in the top couple try scorers um, with Nareki. So, yeah, if he can find his way into this starting side, he's, he's a, an exciting player. Yeah. You might not know his rev. The might not know um, one name stood out to me, and that was uh, Ramika Poihippi. Um, he's someone that he actually got a start last year in um, the game where they were sort of resting players. So they um, sort of put out their B team against the Blues. He started at 12 and actually played a really solid game. Um, can hold the team together well. Ended up getting a few more games off the bench, but he's only 23. Um, <laughs> I'm a broken record, but the thing I like is 105 kilos. How exciting is that for your centers if you've just got that bulk there? Um, pretty tall as well. He's about six foot two. So, um, We've already spoken about the logjam of centers here and that Nankerville's struggling for minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at, you know, specifically 12 as a fee, sort of just even jumped ahead there. Nankerville's got the minutes under the belt, but um, if you're looking for those explosive players, and especially for a bit of bulk, given the um, outside backs are a little bit more, um, I'll, I'll say slight, um, I think he's a really solid option. Yep. And how about the competition he's got with young Gideon Rampling as well? Another big unit, I think he's 98 kilos or something coming through that can fill a spot in the centres as well. So he's <clears> another 12. There's just so many good young centres in that side. Uh, a name I'm going to throw out there, Sammy Penny Finnow, a 22-year-old, played six games for the Chiefs last year. Um, he was in the New Zealand schoolboy side, uh, under-20 side, sorry. He was a barbarian schoolboy side. And he played a lot of his junior rugby as a fullback before shifting into the back row. So he's, he's quite a dynamic um, player. I know I say dynamic a lot, but this is fantasy footy. That's what we want to see. Loves ball in hand and, and loves getting amongst it. Um, but, yeah, Tongan-born, really aggressive in, in the defensive line as well. So. I, don't, I don't know that he made a tackle that wasn't dominant last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. Oh, he's just cutting people in half. I yep. want to call him the meat axe. That's my suggestion for his nickname. The, the Tongan meat axe? <laughs> yeah, the Tongan <laughs> meat axe. I'm all about it. Yeah. He's definitely going to get a nickname like that. Yeah. All right, that's white spaces, maybe not in that. No, I'm sticking with it. Uh, I'm going to go Rivers Rayana, 21 years old, can play 10-15, um, he's just another one of those those young players that I feel like plays a little bit like a DMAC role that they kind of need to fill this year. He played, I think, mainly fullback, but a little bit of 10 for Northland all this year as well. So he's playing consistent game at MPC level. So he's, he's kind of at that next stage of his career now. Um, and I, I think the thing that struck out for me, that stuck out for me when we were researching him last year was that he played four or five years of first 15 in high school, he made his debut in year nine uh, as a winger, who, which is just unheard of. You know, no, no one debuts that early. Freakish, freakish talent. Have anyone else here for you? I've got one more, but I'll let you go. No, I'll let you have it. I think I'm all done for the, uh, for the team. All right. Xavier Rowe is, is another one there for, for us. 23-year-old, uh, talented young star. So, obviously, Brad Webber's there um, and really going to be inserting himself as that starting jersey. Tahu Riorangi's left. Um, but, yeah, he's got a, a good um, 
He's got a good running game, so he's a good fantasy-based nine. But we do see him on the bench. But if he gets that chance again, he's another player to watch. It does surprise me he's 23. I thought he was going to be like 21 this year. Hey? Yeah. I mean, he has had two uh, very good halfbacks there in front of him for a while now. Yep. The Crusaders. I'm not sure there's anyone here that we can list. <laughs> yeah. No. But Rev, we'll, we'll, while Nelson and I try and find some names people you should, that they should know, we'll let you go, mate. Yeah, people you should know is tough. I, I think the standout name um, that I want to talk about, just because he, he might not even start, but Lestifying Anuku, he lit it up last year. Everyone should know his name because he's just so damaging. Um, it seems that the Crusaders, if you have one backline injury, you're just replaced by someone even better that you haven't heard of. So <laughs> yes. he, he came in last year. Um, and pulled the Savit Reese of 2019 by coming in and just dominating. Um, he, he split his time across uh, left wing 13 times and outside centre four times. So he can be a little bit versatile. But the thing I like, he's just massive. Um, and I, I had him in fantasy. He throws offloads with no one in mind. He doesn't care if it goes to anyone. He just loves dishing <laughs> it. So uh, there is something nice about that. Um, I think but, the, the offload has to land in your team's arms to be counted as points, not just thrown. Just, over. Just <laughs> that's the beauty because it's Crusaders. Someone would get to it. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> Any other team you'd struggle. But, I mean, again, 109 kilos is just a wrecking ball. Uh, when you mix that speed and that size, he's someone that I think no matter where they put him, whether it's starting or off the bench, he's going to light it up for them. So, um, yeah, so much to like about him. And I think he was the top try scorer in the MPC this year as well. So just continued where he left off, just freakish talent. I think Kagi picked him up when he started at the start of the year with a few injuries, and then somehow he just never dropped him. He was coming off the bench or yeah. starting every week. No, he tried to trade it with everyone, and we go, he is not no going to start. Him, yeah. <laughs> He's dead weight. <laughs> yeah. And then he just yeah. killed it for the entire year. Yeah. I'm going to go for another player that's new to the side, definitely new hot shit. <laughs> uh, you should know him because he's Pablo Matera. At 28 years old, he did captain Argentina for a period. He, he had no playing. respect for the rules, do you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, did play for Stade Francais before this. And, man, he was, in, in my opinion, getting close to the best open side flanker in the world a yep. couple of years ago. In a Crusader system, <laughs> If I just don't know how good he could be. You know, he, he's, he was not playing in the strongest team in the world when he was doing that. So I just... I don't know how good this guy can go. That's all. Yeah, he's, he's an exciting one to, to watch. If he can add anything else to his game, I don't know if he can. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he can, but, yeah, just to have the support around him at this Crusader squad can only make him stronger. Mm. Um, for players that you might know, we've got Che Fihaki, um, just turned 21. Um is a relatively large sort of style winger at 100 kilograms and 192 centimetres. Starting fullback, playing 80 minutes a week for Canterbury. So, you know, that's not too too shabby playing for Canterbury. And uh, he was uh, made his debut for the Crusaders last year as well. Mm-hmm. Phil's a, obviously, he's a centre. Um, so he's going to be an exciting one to watch. Centre or fullback. He plays centre as well. Yeah, I think they'll look at him as a fullback, yeah. though mainly in this side, to be honest. But yeah, he, he's just a freak. And, and the, the one run that he got last year, I remember him just carving up through Crusaders. And we, we had talked about him pre-season, but still you see him go to this level and then first touch of the ball, they're already amazing. You're like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like this can't just keep happening time and time again. Yeah, he's a, he's a very exciting player to watch. But obviously there's a bit of competition in that 15 jersey for the Crusaders. So. A little bit. Yeah. 
Um, next one I named in the same category is uh, Fergus Burke. Uh, he's someone that very surprisingly racked up 10 games. So if you've been sort of paying attention to them, you, you'd know the name, but across all those matches, he only got 180 minutes. So he hasn't seen much. Uh, I think he only started them once. The thing I like about him is there's potentially going to be a bit of time without uh, Richie Moonga. So if he is the most experienced, uh, I shouldn't say most experienced, if he's the 10 that's known the system the longest, then he's got a good chance. Yep. The other thing, pretty big boy, um, you know, is bigger than your average fly half, but he also racked up uh, the fourth most points in uh, NPC this year. So, I mean, he's not a shabby goal kicker. He's, you know, got a bit to offer. He's no, no Rishi Mwanga, but if he gets game time, I mean, you can't not take a Crusader that's starting. So he, he gets a, a little bit of value there. Going to be just a phenomenal late pickup for fantasy managers, yeah. I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <clears throat> you might not know. Should we get onto them? I'm going to go, uh, I might go for a new player. So they signed five academy players from Canterbury this year. And the one that stood out to me was Dominic Gardner. 20 years old, he's a loose forward. He's only 89 kilos, 193 centimetres. So I think he's got a lot of growing and, and thickening up to do, to be honest, which means we might not see a lot of him this year. I love that his dad was a back rower. I think he played like 46 or 48 caps for the Crusaders as well and also happens to be in charge of signing their talent. <laughs> I would say they said that he was he removed himself from those conversations, so didn't get picked because daddy was there. Um, he started as a fly half centre and then converted into the back row in the, I think, the back end of high school. So you know he's going to have a very good skill set, which the entire back row at the Crusaders does. But he uh, he's one of those multi-talent players as well. I think he was the you know the head boy at this, at, at school. He was captain of the first fifteen cricket in uh, rugby. Also played top level cricket and hockey as well. So a man that is that well rounded, one hundred ninety three centimeters tall, has rugby success in their blood. He could be an absolute freak. And I think between him and one of the other loose forwards that they signed, Corey Kellow, they broke three or four of the 10 records that were on offer for the Crusaders ever in the back row. So there's some talented young guys coming in. Yeah, I mean, he's an exciting one. Rev, do you have anyone? Uh, yeah, my last one's uh, Fletcher Newell. Um, I think he might have even got to mention last year at some point, but he's a young, tight-head prop. Um, we've mentioned a lot of props today because, you know, there's a lot of exciting ones coming through. The big thing for him, he's got the big body. So, you know, 185 centimetres, 121 kilos. But more importantly, he's actually looking like he could get some good minutes this year. Um, with Michael Alatawa going to Ireland, um, it's really shaping up as a bit of a battle between him and Oli Jaeger, it seems, um, for the minutes. And Jaeger's got the experience over him. Um, but Jaeger's already said that, you know, he... He's got, you know, a few injury concerns over the years. He's not a massive body. He's actually one of the better scrummages, but not as big a body just in the loose. So if Newell can uh, step it up, he got four matches last year. He could be a really exciting option. Yeah, I, I know that he um, he squatted 255 kilos to break the record in the academy. And I know that they had footage of the entire side watching him on social media squatting about two weeks ago. So I dare say he's now broken that record and squatting 260 plus. He is so strong. Like I cannot imagine how much power that bloke can put into a scrum. He's basically a tractor, and I think that should be his nickname. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I'm going to throw a spanner in the works for that 
uh, tight head jersey, and that's Tamati Williams. So he's saying he really wants to focus on that tight head jersey at about 144 kilos. He's he's not he's, he's not a bad shape for that tight head role, and he's 196 centimeters. So he is an absolute behemoth, one of the biggest guys running around on a rugby paddock you'll ever see. And, yeah, 22 years old, uh, spent a lot of time in Australia, I think, through through Perth. Um, but, yeah, he loves to, to run. Yeah, Harry's comparing him to Pony for Amal Sa'ili. So the same height, 196 centimetres, but Pony is only 130 kilos, so small price. 14 kilo on Pony. <laughs> yeah. <Jeez. laughs> And he's still growing. He's only 20. So uh, 22, sorry. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of promise. And if he can fill both roles, I mean, there's there's good chance we see him. But um, he said that he does want to focus on that tight head role. And then, I mean, there's been a little bit of a, a lack of depth maybe there for the All Blacks that he thinks he can he can slot into. So it'll be interesting. Well, I, I think Moody and Bauer are going to play every single minute between them for the loose head side. So it's probably not a bad decision from Tony yeah. Williams to go and contest with Fletcher Newell for a bench spot. And I, I dare say I think... I think he might end up running over the top of him just because he's such a big boy. But um, man, we, they've got some quality tight heads. Can there. we see Pony running off like a the, the is it the line dropout directly into him? Yeah, that'll be one of the biggest shit. impacts you could ever see. Everyone else can step aside and watch these two guys run each other. This this is a perfect example of centralization, though. Surely <laughs> yeah. one of these two guys gets picked up by the Hurricanes where there are no props. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Or the Highlanders, anything. Or you can come to the Waratahs. We need another tight head prop. It's you're not really. We've got some goodies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll do us on the Crusaders. Believe it or not, we could keep speaking about all their players. But let's go on to the Highlanders. So for you should know, sticking to the front row theme, I'm going to say a player that rubbed me up the wrong way for all the right reasons last year, Ethan DeGroote. 23-year-old mm. loose head prop. I think he seemed, like, to me, it seems like he came from nowhere. I, I didn't think I was, I had him on my radar at all before the year. Uh, I'd written in my notes here, cocky AF, 190 <laughs> centimetres, 122 kilo. I remember him talking up before he was going up against Taniella Tupo, saying he was going to, like, push him back. And oh, yeah. Ass, and he didn't. He got monstered. But he still yeah. played a lot of games for the All Blacks this year, and he was right in amongst their best front rowers, Albeit because of a few injuries, but man, he is a very, very good young loose head that emerged out of nowhere. Yeah, he's an exciting one for sure. Rev, who have you got for we will know, whatever you should know? For the should know, this is actually really tough with this team because it's a real sort of mixed bag. Um, the name that I think should be on everyone's lips is Marino Machiali Tu'u, who had a huge 20, uh, 2020. Uh, got some game time in 2019. It was looking good too, but last year just sort of fell out of favour. Mm. I think he was involved in some of the um, Joshua Wani house parties and then Hugh <laughs> Renton came in and, you know, I, I don't know how, but took his jersey. So um, I'm really looking forward to him having a big year. But, you know, when you got a body that big, he had an unreal season for Hawks Bay at six. He was playing a lot of um, blindside for them. You'd presume that's where Frizzell slots in, but, I mean, just having two back rolls of that calibre, um, I'm very excited. So he's... um. He's probably the only name I could have named who's uh, in that category. This is this is one of the big questions for me from last year where I just couldn't mm. understand. And we did shed some light on it in the uh, the New Zealand podcast, Rev. 
he had a seizing ending in stress fracture in his leg, which is the reason he didn't play. It was injury, right. the reason that Hugh Renton <laughs> surpassed him, not because of any other logical reason. But he Thank knew it could have happened at the parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make good of when you when you're yeah. fist pumping that hard. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, I, I agree. Michaela too, man. He is phenomenal. I can't wait to see him play again. Yeah, definitely. Look, we'll we'll go into you might know the, the first name for me is Villamoni Koroi. So Suva Bourne played lots of sevens, you know, all black sevens, also played age grade touch footy for New Zealand as well. He is a fullback. Um Good yeah, he played he played touch. So he, that's he's the perfect role to fill fill that sort of fullback agile style. Fifteen, your your D Mac maybe ball in hand, um, but he's got a lot of competition in that fifteen jersey. We we do hope to see him there. He can fill a ten role as well. I don't think he's going to play either of those. To be honest, he he played in number eleven in the NPC with Sammy Gilbert, who's in the same team, taking yeah. a fullback jersey. So I actually think you're going to see him contesting for a left wing spot or a utility back spot. Yeah, potentially. I mean, great, great utility. Um, but yeah, he's he's an exciting player that he will be just creating his own gaps on the field. So that, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I think uh, that's one of the interesting things with this team. Just trying to look at the best starting 15 they could name. They've got so many yeah. players that could cover wing, fullback, even in the centres. Yeah. Um, so someone that I think is, is sort of in the the middle category, you might know the name. They've been around a little bit. Is um, Thomas Umunga Jensen, and that might just be because you know the the brother Peter. But um, TJ, he's he's a big boy. Um, he's already racked up nine caps. It's just been very slow because of injuries. He's someone that probably should have had a few more minutes if it weren't for some unfortunate um, injuries at the start of seasons. But the bits that you've seen of him, he's, he's looked pretty good, and I think. For the longest time, the Highlanders had a really rock-solid um, centre combo of Ty Walden and Rob Thompson, and they just sort of held the fort um, as a very safe uh, option. I think the Highlanders have the potential for that, but I think he's part of it. I think he's got to be in there somewhere. So I just want to see him get a full season, no injuries, because um, he could carve up. Yep. Um, yeah, I, the only one I had from this category was Sam Gilbert, who I already mentioned Um as an option at fullback, he's a pretty big unit, 189 centimetres, 98 kilos. I think he had a knee injury that's kept him out for a while as well, but he's just a very talented young player that they earmarked themselves as someone that could have a big year. And I know he talked about taking confidence from seeing Connor Garden Bashup come through last year on the back of his injury and just absolutely carving up. So it'll be good to see if he can have a similar kind of impact. And, We've seen glimpses at Super Rugby level, but you know he's obviously got to go to another level if he's going to start consistently in this side. If we jump across the players, you might know. So, uh, might not know. Sorry, um, we all know that the heart of the team is the open side flanker. So we're going to go across to to Sean Withy. So twenty year old. Um, he actually won the tournament as captain, as you should be as an open side flanker, always captain for the Highlanders in the under 20s uh, last season. So stepping up into to Super Rugby, he's, he's 191 centimetres, 108 kilos. There's a lot of big, really aggressive style back rowers in this squad. Um, so he's, he's not going to be competing necessarily with them. He's that seven jersey, and he might be, you know, getting a chance if you see an injury to someone like Harmon and Lynch's to, to come onto the bench. But, I mean, he, he's quite young, but he's an exciting one for the future as well. Yeah. Um, 
The one that I don't think people would know much about, and this is partially because he came in as injury cover, is uh, Veroniki Tikua Solomone, who's just an absolute freak. So he's got the Fijian heritage, which is pretty handy for a winger just to start with. But um, he, he racked up five tries for Taranaki, and they're a team that just looks really good. We've already sort of spoken about um, seven para, uh, para franchise, I should say. I you. nearly said the wrong name. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just a team that just had a lot of talent and could exploit, um, you know, a, a powerful winger. And he's someone that does fit that mold. He's not as big as some of the other options. Um, you know, he, he's a little smaller than your garden, but chops or your device has come in as well. But he's someone that I think if he gets a sniff could be a real threat to that team. And they are looking for a winger to sort of step up uh, with Jonah Nuraki out. So I, I really hope he gets a chance. Yeah, he, look, I mean, when you're looking at his, his sort of footy that he's been playing in recent years. Got some Will Jordan-esque hit, uh, hit rate, strike rates for his try scoring. Yeah, Wanganui uh, Premier Club Rugby season. He's got 23 tries in only 12 games. Um, that is phenomenal. And then in 2019, 13 tries in 10 matches in his debut season for Wanganui. So one behind the national record after that. Yeah. So 23 and 12 and then almost breaks the national record. Yeah, pretty exciting. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets a crack. And I've got uh, Saula Ma'u, who's a 21-year-old tight head prop. And I could have sworn this is where you're going with this one, Rev. Yeah. He's the, <laughs> the other big unit prop yeah. that I just can't wait to see. 193 centimetres, 145 sure. kilo. <laughs> so he's got a kilo on Tamati Williams. Uh, his competition is Josh Honeck, Jermaine Ainsley, and Jeff Thwaites. Now, they're all reasonably good props, and they're all pretty experienced, but none of them are setting the world a lot that he couldn't actually push past as he develops. And, yes, he's only 21 years old. He's had a few injuries in the last couple of years, but, man, he is an exciting prospect, another very, very big body. And the way this game mm. is going at the moment, it's a power game, and you just want a whole front row of 140 kilo, 190-centimetre <laughs> plus Imagine players. that. Imagine you've got him and, like, Tamati Williams as your two props. Dead set. <laughs> far out. It's ridiculous. Yeah. All of a sudden, Pone is too small <clears throat> to play. <laughs> Slim. All right. The Hurricanes. I think we're up to the last of our uh, of our teams, so let's finish strong. The you should knows, um, Nelson. I'll let you go. This one, but you better pronounce it right. <laughs> Flanders, <laughs> Devin Flanders, twenty uh, two year old, one ninety three, hundred and eight kilos. Look, we see him starting in in our, uh, our our side every week. This is who we want to see in their uh, in their back row and the the blind side flanker role. Um, so he's, yeah, a very exciting player moving forward. He played Hastings Boys along Falau Fakatava and Danny Tawala. Um, but, yeah, look, we touched on him last year. He has to take over Reed Prince as that, that six. Who's more likely to start? Is it Roger Tuovasashek or Devin Flanders? Roger Tuovasashek. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because he's locked in to start. Yeah. yeah, look, they both need to start. That's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. Get them both on the field starting. Right. Love it. Um, look, mine, I want to keep with the theme of big. Um, Don Bird, yeah. what a name to get back in the squad. He is 30, so I'm really um, – I didn't go as extreme as Namani Nagusa, but we're going old. Um, he's racked up so many uh, caps already. He played um, you know, a, a lot of footy before in Super Rugby, but the thing that I like, 206 centimetres, that's got to put him at – without the Arnold brothers, probably the tallest in the comp or very close to – 
Um, but 126 kilos as well. So he's not just a, you know, a beanpole. He's got the size as well. And it's the exact opposite of what the Hurricanes have had previously. They don't normally have that uh, tall lock. They've normally got the, you know, the shorter blindside flanker dual playing one. So I think he's an awesome fit to this team. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's so exciting to have back in the perfect foil for the rest of the forward pack, I reckon. Yes. You might know. Um, I know there's one here that, I, that I'm sure Rev is just busting to talk about. So I'm going to go Ruben Love. Um, obviously a young promising fly half that played 10 through the back half of the season when there was a couple of injuries in the side. And I, I think it was really exceptional considering his inexperience. Um, we all want him to play 10. Uh, I'm here taking this opportunity to spoil the party because in the NPC, Jackson Garden Bashup, who I swore I would never say on this podcast his name, but he was playing 10 all the way through and Ruben Love was playing in 15 in the same side. So I dare say we won't see him start over Garden Bashup, but God, I really hope we do because he's a very good talent. Yeah, surely you're starting him. Well, surely, but mate, he didn't start all well in for Wellington at all. So, yeah, look, uh, I might steal it. I don't know if Jez, uh, if uh, you wanted it, Rev, but Balin Sullivan, we've already touched on his brother. <laughs> um, oh, look, I had to. He, as a 17 year old, he debuted in the NPC for, for Waikato. So, that is phenomenal. Um, he's, yeah, he can play in the centers, he can play in the outside backs. So I reckon you can put him anywhere in the, this back line. Yeah, I know Rev has him as his outside centre, round one. Yeah, I think that's where he was when he scored the two tries in their um, NPC final win um, for Waikato. So I think they only scored to a 23-13 win or something like that. And, um, yeah, he scored both of them against run of the play. He's a real smart player, but I'm glad he left this guy on the board. I, I want to say Braden Yossi. He, um, geez, just I, – I hate Duplessis Karifi as a player just because he wrote me the wrong way. <laughs> It's, I think... It's fair. Oh, I mean, I'm wearing the Sky Blue tonight, so I'll reference the game that the Waratahs went over and lost 2019, um, or 22-19, just to be specific. But um, I remember he, I think he scored the tries, it was next to the person that scored, and he just tried to ruffle up Michael Hooper and just really, just from that moment, just got under my skin. Um, <laughs> it's the so, Craig Cooper of New Zealand now. Yeah. You can't do that to our captains. <laughs> true. Australia, we need to be more vindictive. We need to be way more vindictive and hate him. Yeah. yeah, we do. So I, I want to go Yu-Gi-Oh! So I'll just banish him to the Shadow Realm um, so that Braden Yossi can come in at number eight, Artie Sevilla to seven, yeah. Kevin Flanders at six. What a powerhouse back row that would oh. be just running for fun. Yeah, that's, that's, so what, good. that's what we've got down for, what we want to see. Yeah. Not what we expect to see, but definitely what we want to see. <laughs> it nearly <laughs> definitely won't happen, but what a dream. if it Flanders, did. Sevilla and Yossi. Far yeah. That's exciting. Having wet dreams. <laughs> All right, you go, man. I've had so many props. You were taking. <laughs> Mate, there is so many props on this. But, yeah. look, it's Asafa Mua as a prop. Like, that's how he runs. It's Alex Fidel. He is 24 year, years old, 137 kilograms. Light, lightweight, then. Yeah, he runs like he's 70 kilos with the, the pace he gets up as well. He's, he's uh, backing up Lomax, who is probably a similar size, if not bigger. Um, but yeah, New Zealand under 20s in 2016, 2017, barnstorming, just bus ro- driving through, you know, through a crowd when he's got ball in hand, perfect for fantasy footy. 
and just hasn't been able to, you know, crack himself into this starting side. And, and obviously it's going to be hard to move Lomax, but whenever he is on the paddock, he's going to be scoring bulk points. And, you know, I'd be picking him up on a week if he's starting there and yeah, he's an exciting one um, for, for this year. Can I go one player and you might not, that you might know? Um, Owen Franks. You, no. might, you might know of him. I think he's got 100-odd caps for the All Blacks. Bit of a legend of the game. He um, he ruptured his Achilles, and we've announced already that he's gone for the year. I can confirm that that was back in November, and he is now aiming to play at six months, which would put him back in April. So he's hoping to play. Yeah, no, that's not end of the season. Oh, he's got like a month and a half left. And he wants to go play against his old team for his comeback in April. So... I just wanted to put here as the uh, – it's absolutely not an exclusive, but it is in draft rugby. So uh, <laughs> he, he might be around and a player to, to come back into the side. And, man, what a, what a player. Yeah, exciting. Look, I think that's all the names we've got here, Rev. Do you have anyone else you wanted to add? Rev will have some you might not know, I reckon. Yeah, I'll, I'll just wrap up with one you might not know, and that's Aiden Morgan. Um, I think he's come through as a fly-half option. He's only um, – it's only small. He's much smaller than Love, so he's not going to be able to fit the dynamic uh, fullback role as well. But what I like about him is he's young and exciting, and I think they've missed out at the Hurricanes for a bit. They've sort of had uh, Gun Machop and Simon Hickey last year who got injured straight away, but they, they've gone for some boring but safe options. Um, and I think Ruben Love was a step in the right direction. I think Aiden Morgan could be as well. I think, you know, really young, promising player. I don't expect him to get many minutes. Um he might get a bit of time off the bench, you know, back in the season or something like that. But yeah. he's someone that I really like the look of. And, you know, 20 years old, just keep him for a few years and just see what he develops into. It looks like he's signed to 2024 for them. I'm pretty that's sure. That's Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, that's all the names we've got. So you've got to have a long-term succession plan for Garden Bash, if you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the end, Harry. What does this bring us to? It takes us to the... Double D dessert. Desserto. Um, and for the desserto, it's more than double D, isn't it? Uh, we're going to go do coaching changes for the side. So we didn't tell Rev this one. I forgot that I was going to tell him that. Um, so we'll just rattle through a couple of the main ones um, and then we'll go from there. So, First, from the Aussie sides, I think the really obvious one that we're all aware of is Darren Coleman coming in for the Kiwi, Rob Penny. Um, he's kept Chris Whitaker and Jason Gilmore, who kind of shared the uh, head coaching role last year at the back end of the season. They've, <clears throat> they've shifted back to assistant coaches. But Darren Coleman, a very uh, a very exciting young coach, his first season at Super Rugby level, came out of the MLR and, and many, many years they shoot shield before. Guys, you think he's going to have a positive impact on the side or are they in for another tough one? Look, if, if Rev's happy, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I, one thing that every team that he's coached says that he brings an emotional side to, to coaching. Um, so the, the players start to really have a, a, a physical and emotional connection to, to the team. And it's something that you don't see, I think, from a lot of coaches. And he's really, really well loved because of that, not just the way, the way he coaches. Um, but it's going to be an interesting one for me. We've had Kiwi coaches there for a few years who haven't had that connection to Shoot Shield, haven't connect, had that connection to, to Aussie rugby, and he's trying to really bring that pride back in the Waratahs jersey, something that 
you know, does seem to have been lost for a while. He's brought a few um, players that have left to go overseas back, like Holloway. So he's an exciting one for me, um, and I, I just can't wait to see what he does to this squad. Yeah, absolutely. It seems to be already tracking pretty well. Um, inside word is that he's had pretty much an hour sit down uh, with every player personally just to, you know, get to know them. Um, and the thing that seems to separate him from Penny is that he's he's very uh, into accountability. So it's not just all rainbows and sunshines. Like he's going to be, you know, um, very honest with them. But because he's built that rapport, it's a lot easier to get that across and not have it come across as, you know, disingenuous or not come across as an insult, but actually very constructive and very team first. So I think mix that with the backs they've got available and that he wants to play a bit of an attacking brand. I think it's pretty exciting. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if we jump across to another Aussie team, last year for, for this current coach uh, for the Brumbies is Dan McKellar. So he hasn't changed himself, but he's transitioning out with Stephen Larkham coming in, which is an exciting one for all of us next year. But he has added a few um, people. Well, I, I don't think Larkham's going to have anything to do with the side this year, though, right? Like no. His role will start next year. And yep. so the one name I wanted to point out was Rod Sieb, who. Um, I, I think he was the play, the coach that came through for another person leaving Queensland back at the end of <laughs> 2020 for the 2021 season. They were saying he had the the makings to be a future head coach, and he'd add enough he'd added enough depth in that side supporting Laurie Fisher that Dan McKellen knew he could take a back seat. So you know he, he did have his first role as the backs coach last year, but um, I, I think someone that will leave a heavy mark on this side this year given that Dan McKellar is obviously going to have to share his role a little bit for some time as well. And obviously the forwards um, coach, Panapop Lyon, Laurie Fisher is still there, long-term experience. So those, I think those assistant coaches are going to be important for him this year. Yeah. The Rebels, we've got Kevin Foote, the head coach, who took over uh, at the start of Trans-Tasman from Dave Vessels. What do you see with the appointment of Foote and, and what do you expect from him, Rev? I think the good thing with Foote is that he's already had good uh, solid moments of uh, coaching the team. Um, Vessels in the interview we had with him was pretty open about how they share the roles quite um, interchangeably. So everyone would have a set day or time and the, the players there will know Kevin Foote already um, quite well, I think. And it's very handy having that transition. The thing that I like is he got to oversee them for the trans Tasman, So he's already been able to try and put some of the processes into play. And while they didn't get any wins and they weren't really that close, you take away the Blues game right at the start, they did actually um, pick up their try-scoring ability a little bit more. I, I think I said it before in another podcast, but the game against the Crusaders, to let in 52 points or however many it was is shocking, but it was actually a really good game. And there was some really nice enterprise. I think that was also one of the first games with Callaway back. I think there's just so much exciting uh, opportunity in this team that Foot's going to have a really nice platform to work with, but again, hinges on keeping probably the starting team healthy. Because even with a great coach, you can't do much if the cattle's not, you know, really pulling in for you. I'm I'm glad you brought up 52 points from the Crusaders, mate, because the Reds had killed to concede only 52 points against the Crusaders, (laughs) wouldn't they? Uh, Racked up, was 63, was it? 63, Wasn't it the Waratahs average across the (laughs) Reds? Oh, let's not not put that shade on us. Sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, speaking of the Reds, I've still got the same coaching team, Brad Thorne. Lots and lots of stability there, so so not many changes. Same as the Force. And the Western Force, the same. Yeah, Tim Sampson's still head coach role over there and uh, and obviously must be uh, getting a lot of support. The, The... 
most changes because they had no coaches the previous years are <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the Fijian Drill Moana Pacifica. If we go through the coaching team at the Fijian Drill, you've got Mick Byrne as the head coach, obviously previously the Wallabies and All Black Skills coach. you got Natha uh, Mbuka, who is the head of athletic performance, who is a, a Fiji great rugby player and a, the great man that gave us so much time to work out how to pronounce these Fijian names. So thank you to him for that. Uh, you've also got Brad Harris, who was working with the he worked with the Olympic Seven side, and also the NRC winning side as well. So got some experience in some good quality sides over in Fiji, <clears throat> and recently coached the forwards over in Georgia as well. So I think anyone that can forward coach in Georgia, we we I think we all know that they might be a tier two rugby nation, but they mm. are absolutely a tier one forward pack. So that's a that's a Big mark of success, I think, for him um, to have the merge of the forward pack of Georgia and the backs of uh, Fiji. And then finally, Glenn Jackson, a name you might know. He's a uh, He obviously played for the Chiefs, also played for Saracens, and you probably most recently know him as a, as a referee from Super Rugby in New Zealand. And he's going to be coming in as an assistant coach as well. So really, really interesting makeup with, a, I think, some good bones there for a very strong side. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I think it, it's worth going into a little bit more about Mick Byrne. So AFL player, obviously out of Australia, and he has a long career as a skills coach. This is a Fiji inside that are going to, you know, trust the skills and the instinct. And so I think he could be a really, really good fit for them. Um, but his history, for two, 20, 2002 to 2003, was the um, Leinster's skill coach. Then for 2003 to 2005, he was the Scotland skills coach. Then he was the skills coach for New Zealand from 2005 to 2015, which is just a, a, an amazing period of rugby for them before coaching Australia for 2016 to, to 2020. So this is his first head coaching role, but it, it is a team that I think suits the way he seems to coach. It's playing expansive footy, throwing the ball around and backing yourself. So I'm really excited to see how he shapes up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if we jump across into the Moana Pacifica, a name everyone's really going to know is Aaron Major. He's their head coach. Um, there's also involvement from Sir Brian Williams and Chair Sir Michael Jones. Yeah, um, so that, those two guys are in a big role in terms of the building of the team who are yeah. pretty big names, obviously, uh, in New Zealand rugby. <clears throat> yep. Uh, in terms of assistance, they've got the defence strat uh, strategy, Dale McLeod. Um, he was from the, uh, yeah, he was the head coach at Southland. Yep. yep. And scrum coach Puliasi Manu, who, again, someone you would know if you've been watching Super Rugby over the years, former prop for Chiefs Blues, uh, the Heino Red Dolphins, and was coaching at uh, Kaomis Manukau as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think about those those setups? Have you have, had a think about the coaches much in these sides, Rev, or what do you think? Yeah, the, the things that stick out to me is the Moana Pacifica seem to have a really nice blend of uh, players that probably represent the players that make up the team, which is nice. Um, there was some confusion, I think, from some when Aaron Major got announced, but he's actually got um, a, a much wider heritage than probably um, first thought. So I, I think it's a really important thing that they've actually gone to try and make sure that they've made up you know, players that have, um, and coaches that have Tong and Samoa and Nui heritage. Like they've really tried to embrace that on top of having um, you know people with experience and people that are just in the right spot. It's probably the area where uh, the Andrew are a little bit uh, undervalued. I know that um, Nuth is, you know, 
as a whole of experience and they're still getting a lot of involvement from um, Simon Raiwuli, but it, it does stick out a little bit when you've got names like Brad Harris and Mick Byrne. Not that, you know, the culture is everything, but you really want to be able to embrace that Fijian culture. And that's clearly something that they don't have any experience in. They're going to have to really try and work hard to, you know, bring in elements of what they've done previously, but also okay. making it yeah. Fiji specific. I think one of the things they're getting there is Natha Thawani and Booker, who he said what, when we had our chat with him that they're going into the history of players' names, mm. um, you know, where that means they come from, the families and all that sort of stuff. And they're really de- doing a deep dive into every player's basically the meaning of their, their name, their heritage, where they're from, all this sort of thing. So I think it's coming from him there. So I think he's the sort of director of that and they've kind of shaped him in that role as as well as obviously head of athletic performance. So rather than sort of get it from bits and pieces, he's, he's really sort of taking control of that. So I, I still think it's there, but, yeah, it's a different mix. It's funny that the Nvrua have pretty much just everyone from Fiji and that's what they've done with their players and they've got a bit of a mix with the, the coaches where, you know, Moana Pacifica got a lot of Kiwis, you know, with Tongan Samoan heritage and Nui heritage filling in, but then they've really tried to still get a similar sort of vibe for the coaches. So I, I think Nvrua are really keeping to what you would, you'd want to see from them and, and, you know, having a mix as well from some external supports. Yeah. yeah. Guys, let, let's finish with the Kiwi side. So first one I want to get to, um, <clears throat> I, I will just mention the Blues, no change. Leon McDonald, Crusaders, Razor Robinson going for his 31st Super Rugby title this year. In a row. Um, yeah, and no change at the Hurricanes. Jason Holland as well, having another opportunity to prove himself. But I, I think most interesting for me is the Chiefs' new coaching structure. Clayton McMillan had such a standout year in the Trans-Tasman competition and really turned around the fortunes of the Chiefs. They've decided now to keep him as the head coach and move Warren Gatlin to the director of rugby so that they can get the boast out of both of those men. And it looks like they have a very good relationship from the outside looking in. Who knows what that uh, what that looks like behind closed doors. But by all accounts, work very well together. Two excellent, excellent coaches and, and I think very exciting for the Chiefs. Yeah, the other one that we can touch on is is the Highlanders. Um, Rev, Tony Brown, he was there obviously at the start of last year, leaving before the start of Trans-Tasman. Did you think he suits this Highlanders system pretty well? I think he does. I think the the thing that he brings, obviously, with his experience as a fly half is that that sort of attacking structure. So he is someone that I think had a bit of time previously as sort of um, backs an attack coach and has sort of molded into the head coach role. He's done a pretty good job. He's really following that sort of trend that Jamie Joseph set of, you know, getting involved here and then going to Japan. Um, Clark Dermody probably is just in the background and practicing his um, Japanese just in case he gets a call up as well. But I, I think Tony Brown does suit this side. And the nice thing is he knows this group. Um, and when the Highlanders found success in 2015, it was off the back of having you know, people that have been in the system for a long time without being household names. So while Tony Brown doesn't have the same sort of prestige as a coach as Leon McDonald or might not be as recognisable as maybe a Leon McDonald, um, I think he does bring a lot to this team. And the Highlanders, again, they're a team that on paper I'm not blown away with, but I know that, you know, come, you know, boots to paddock, they're going to do pretty well. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and the Chiefs as well, mate. Any Any thoughts on that structure? Well, I mean, 
the nice thing to know is I don't think Warren Gatlin's from Queensland, so we can't throw another barb in there. <laughs> so there's, there's that nice bit of relief. But you know, I, sadly, the numbers speak for themselves. Like he was brought in as a marquee signing for a coach, which doesn't happen that often, but he was zero from eight. Um, the very next year, McMillan gets him to a final. You know, well, so not even the next year, the same year, wasn't it? The same season. It was the break. The same season, yeah. Yeah, between yeah. and turns Tasman. Didn't didn't take long for him to, you know, work him back up. So uh, it makes a massive difference. Um, I'm I'm keen to see how that structure looks. I don't know how you go having a, a coach of that caliber in a director of rugby role without stepping in. We've seen it already with um Nien Arbor and um Rassi. Mm. Rassi's still very much the the figurehead, the the bigger personality. I don't think we're going to see an hour-long video from Gatland. Um, <laughs> I was just about to ask you that question. I, I think he's gonna, no, I think um, what was his biggest, uh, I guess, news story is that he fell off a ladder painting his house or something. You know, that, I think that's <laughs> yeah. the biggest. So he, he seems very down-to-earth. I think he's happy to be back in New Zealand. I think we'll probably see the best out of them um, with this combination. But it is still interesting, and I'm very keen to see just how much of a say Gatland has yep. in what goes on, and in particular, how much of a say he gets in his son playing any minutes. <laughs> that's why he's the de- director of rugby, right? That's for selection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, and look, closing thoughts on any of the other sides there, Matt, that I quickly brushed over. I mean, you've got to start looking at um, Scott Robertson as just getting closer and closer to that All Blacks role. Um the team must be loving having him there because he's clearly got a winning formula. It helps having what a squad of 33 where 30 of them are the best players on the planet. But um, I think the big thing is Foster didn't get the best results at the end of last year and New Zealand, um, you know, pundits, they're so quick to jump on just one loss. So two back to back. I mean, just imagine if they lose the blood as low this year or, you know, they don't win rugby championship, they come second or something. They'll be sharks. So I think, this could potentially be the last year we get of Scott Robertson. Do you think maybe the best thing for Scott Robertson could have been to to show he can do it at a different franchise? Like, I mean, no one's taking anything away from me. He's clearly an amazing coach, but he's got a really good, well-established system. So if he were to then move to another club or, a, you know, another role somewhere and, and you know, Prove, prove that he can do it again, then, I mean, it's impossible to argue. It's very much close to being impossible now. But do you think that could have been a way that he could have gone about it? Or even not just Waratah's maybe. Waratah's at, uh, yeah. have a, no, you, you guys have DC. I would have loved for him to go all the way to Italy. You know, just how many years has it been since they've won a Six Nations match? If he could go there and win a yeah. single match, everybody's like, okay, Messiah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Messiah. Yeah. yeah, beat England. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the difference is I think Canterbury has more professional players than Italy does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing for other Super Rugby franchises. Yeah. <laughs> they're, um, yeah they're really the, the Queensland of New Zealand, aren't they? Just dishing out all their players to everyone else. It's very charitable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I think that might wrap us up. It's been a, a mammoth and very fun podcast tonight. So thank you very much for joining us, Rev. Next week, we've got the Draft Rugby podcast. Um, if you need to do some listening at the end of this podcast, just remember that Rugby Fixation is the releasing, I think, a couple of episodes a week at the moment, Rev. Yeah, we've got a few more previews coming. We've got um, the Reds and Chiefs and the, the Waratahs and Highlanders. They've been lumped together. But more importantly, I've got a few um, a, a few new guests that will be coming on. Um, and it's going to be a very open and honest take of just, I think, ranting about each of the teams. I, I try and keep things pretty civil normally. So I think this one... Um, 
we'll, we'll hopefully um just stick that a little bit. Break the mold. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so definitely, definitely highly recommend, mate, that it, everyone goes over there and has a listen to yours. I, I joked during the week that I've been mowing, mowing the lawn more and more just so that I can have a reason to put my headphones in and listen to podcasts. I'm, I'm mowing down to dirt now. So He just needs to learn through the edges because it still looks pretty rubbish out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mud pit. <laughs> anyway, uh, please like, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple. I feel like we haven't asked for that for a fair while. So let's get some Apple podcast reviews a good, going. A good review. Five-star reviews yeah. only. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we we really don't want them so maybe that's why we're not getting any if you, yeah if you give us five stars we'll check you out there we go. yeah, okay yeah. that's fair <laughs> yeah so rev if you want to give us five next week um, i think surely i already have all right rev you can have yeah. your shout out yeah okay. <laughs> okay thanks guys thanks for listening Hooray.